Which brings us to five. Feet that raise to do wrong. Feet, another thing that God detests. Feet that race to do wrong. Or one scripture says swift to run to evil or running to mischief. Listen, itching ears or even lending or even lending your ears to listen to gossip, backbiting or false accusations is very tempting. You know, I love how Brother Popplewell said it's, if it's really good and juicy, like in that sense, it's I got a bunch here I want to talk about. Sometimes it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. tell me what happened? What, ha- huh? what happened, Brother Junior? What happened? And because we have a tendency, we, our feet race to, to, to what we know we should be running from, but yet we run to it more often than not. And we're swift to run to it even. And so what happens is we begin to get itchy ears, as they would say, and we lend our ears. When we hear a juicy topic, we are always ears to hear what really happened. Tell me what really happened, Brother Clarence. That time you told me that story. Tell me what really happened. Because it's juicier to hear that. That's why the National Enquirer, I don't even know if the National Enquirer is a thing. I think it is, maybe. Uh, But that's why the National Enquirer, TMZ, and other exploiting tabloid media outlets are generating millions, if not billions, of dollars per year. Because what? We naturally are drawn to mischief, gossip, or lies. Listen, TMZ wouldn't exist if we wasn't like, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what happened with the queen? What, what's going on with uh, Joe Biden? What did they say about Trump? What was that thing going on at his house? Oh, oh, what, what's happening over here? We, we always got some, we're itchy ears. We're like, tell me, tell me more, tell me more. I want to gobble this up. I want to know more of things that I should be running from. But I want to gobble it up. So our feet are quick to run to evil, swift to run, as it would say. And when we hear these lies, we run to them, unfortunately. We assume that they're truth, and then we be gobble it up, and we know it's not right. Now, National Enquirer, TMZ is somewhat truth. It's just gossip. But the National Enquirer would come up with things like this, Chad. You may think of a story. I remember aliens spotted at... Uh, What's that one place in Arizona? 91. Area of, area what? Area 51. Five aliens were found in a grocery store eating up some cookies. Like, come on, dude. And then they would have a picture of an alien walking in or eating a cookie. It's like, nobody believes that. That's lies. This is false. False information here. But then we see the TMZ, the ones that are true. Those are the ones we're like, yeah, that's deep. And then what we see in the churches today, here's what we see in the churches today. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Hmm. Tell me about it. Tell me about it, Brother Julius. Let's pray about it. Let's go to the Father because we don't need that spirit in here. Y'all don't even know if it's true or not, but you're going to speak it as if it's true. So what happens, our mouths and our feet are quick to run to it. Look what Psalms 101.5 says. Really clear. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. What does he say? I'm not going to tolerate you if you're going to slander those around you. God forbid you. It's one thing to slander those that are outside the walls, which we shouldn't do, but it's another thing when we slander people in the house of God. 
If you're my brother, you're my sister, I should be lifting you up. I should be building you up. But yet I'm dogging you out and saying that you're everything under the sun. Or I'm making false accusations. My God, what are we doing? Proverbs chapter 17, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold. But the Lord tests the heart. Wrongdoers eagerly, eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Man, I'm telling you, the Bible is so well written. I mean, if we just take its information and say, I'm going to apply this to my life. Listen, we would have a lot less heartache. We would, if we actually took the word of God, put it into our heart and hit it and actually walked it out. We would save a lot of relationships. There would be a lot of people we wouldn't hurt. We wouldn't have a trail of dead bodies behind us because you got loose lips and you're speaking constantly negativity over people's lives. You're making up statements and we're guilty of this. The Bible wouldn't say it so many times. I'm telling you, I could have probably had a five-hour Bible class today simply talking about the lying tongue, the mouth, the evil things that we want to do often, that we have to control or deal with our flesh. My God. So we got to be careful. Verse 4, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. I want this to get into your heart. He's saying wrongdoers will quickly listen to gossip. So if you're going around going, come on, baby, tell me, tell me what happened. God's identifying you in this scripture as a wrongdoer. If you're going around and it says liars pay close atten attention to slander. If you're going around listening to people slander, God's identifying you as a liar. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Six, false witness who pours out lies God detests speaks lies and breathes lies in the other two versions I read. False witness who pours out lies. If someone says to you, listen, listen right here to me. If someone says to you, Brother Jesus, man, don't, don't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. Or Julius, what I'm about to tell you right now, I need you to keep between me and you. Mark them as a deceiver and a liar. And don't give a second of your time to them. Because the Bible says that wrongdoers run to them. Liars uh, pay close attention to slander. And if you know this to not be true, if somebody really has something juicy to you, say, do, you, do I have permission to go talk to that person and find out if it's true? Guess what that liar is not going to do? They're not going to tell you anything. Because they know they've been caught. So I'm telling you right now, if you hear these words ever come to you, don't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. Or what I'm telling you right now, keep between you and me. Mark them, they're not trustworthy. That's, that's words of wisdom today from the pulpit. Look at Proverbs chapter 16. I'm not making this stuff up. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 28. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. The last things we need are ill feelings towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. The only purpose that it serves is the lack of unity. 
in the community of believers. My God, I I don't want to tear down my brothers. I want to build them up. The last thing we need to do is have ill feelings towards each other. Man, Chad McKibben is my brother. I don't care if he was texting me during church while I was preaching. He probably didn't even realize the time zone. I'm I'm a believer of that because him and Scott were probably somewhere. They were in somewhere in Montana playing a game called disc golf. It was probably what time there, guys? Do you remember? So 9 or was it 9 a.m.? 8 a.m. maybe? All I know is I'm sitting in the pulpit and I'm him seeing messages from Chad McKibben sending me a, a picture of where he just threw his disc into the water. And I'm thinking in that moment, this is a distraction because I'm getting ready to preach. And I made a comment, Chad, if you haven't watched it. I was like, Chad, stop texting me in Jesus' name. <laughs> it wasn't building you up. It was correcting you. It was just correcting. Amen. But things is, here's the things. We, we got to build each other up. And, and as much as I love Chad, uh, if I see him about to fall and stumble, me as a brother in Christ has to say, hey, Chad, man, you might want to reconsider how you're dressing this situation or be careful of how you talk to this person. Me and Scott's had many conversations before like, hey, Scott, I'm not sure if you're aware of this specific thing. Because sometimes we're not self-aware about things. And he would make comments maybe like, oh, no, I, I didn't realize I, I came off like that. Oh, my fault. And there's times I've asked, I've said that to my wife or Isaiah, like, hey, man, this happened in baseball this year or softball this year. Isaiah was getting really hot, really upset. It was a close game, close play at home. Chase remembers. Close play at home. The guy almost barrels our dude over. That's catching. And he's a big, stout guy. And the guy that was running home was really small. And he checked him. And this guy fell into our, our dugout. And so Isaiah steps up to the defense of his mighty buddy and says, Bro, what the heck? You got to get out of the way. What Isaiah is saying was true. And the guy looked at him and says, Man, what the I'm playing, I'm just trying to get him out. And he goes, no, you're trying, you almost hurt somebody. You're trying to hurt somebody, something to that line. And then he got angry because words began to go back and forth. And he looked over and said, you need to stop crying and whining, you big baby. And then he made this comment. If there wasn't a pastor out here, somebody would be getting some hands. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden, here come Chase. Hey, guys, let's just calm down, man. Calm, <laughs> calm down. Like, seriously, it's okay. And so I took Isaiah to the side and I made this comment because I saw a bad path he was going down. Number one, this is my son, and I might have the more liberty to do that. But I said, listen, you are a youth pastor now. You got to be careful, man, how you say things. Like, it does, you don't want to cause ill feelings towards another believer. So be careful how you react. And so later they apologized, they they hugged it out, you know, broed it out. All right, my bad, man. I love you, dude. So understand we're here to lift each other up in all things. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 28 through 32. I'm on good time right here. It says in verse 28, New Living Translation, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. 
They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, my God, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, have no mercy. They know God's judgment, justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Listen, look what he says. But yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Wickedness is all around. Plotting evil, God detests. Let's go to seventh and the last one. A person who discord, sows discord in a family. Or in another version, strife or contention. Now, this is, this is we could all kind of understand this, where we've had an issue at a family, a family gathering. Has anybody ever been to a family gathering and you started like, oh, shoot, what is about to happen here? There's about to be a fight. There's some, has anybody ever had it? I'm, I'll raise my hand. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being transparent with the body of Christ. So, yeah, when you go into a, a, a home situation where it's supposed to be family, we tight. We, we, we are kinfolk. This, these are blood of mine. But all of a sudden, some things start getting a little crazy. All of a sudden, voices begin to get louder. All of a sudden, opinions begin to get stronger of others. The next thing you know, here goes a fist to somebody's forehead. Anger rises up. And so God is saying, listen, I, I, I detest a person who swords, sows discord in a family, which is strife or contention. Can you imagine the disciples acting in such a way? Here's an example. Peter said to the disciples, listen, I'm the rock. Jesus said it out loud for all of y'all to hear. So listen, I'm a big deal. And you guys should listen to me. Because he said, upon this rock... He told you, I know y'all heard it. I know you heard it, John. Don't, don't play like you didn't hear it. Jesus said it. And then he goes on. Could you imagine if James or John would have responded and said, listen, I'm called the beloved because me and Jesus were closer than any of you guys were. Seriously, you, Peter, you ain't got nothing on me. He loved me. James could have turned around and said, listen, hold up. Jesus is my brother. And we've been tight since the beginning, even when he was born. I'm his elder brother. So you need to get a grip. He tells me everything. That's my brother, not my brother. My brother, this is my physical brother. And so you need to get a grip. And this discord can arise and maybe they could have debated. All of a sudden his anger as building up in the family. Man, Thomas is over there doubting all the time. Shoot. I don't even think he's even equipped to be a disciple with all of his unbelief. Maybe they could have started shaming Bartholomew for his lack of significance. He hasn't even done anything that is worthy to be put into the Gospels. At least we got our stuff in the Bible. Uh, he, they can be messing with him. You know Matthew over there, he was a tax collector. And he was pretty shady before Jesus met him. I wonder if he tries to mess with the treasury and stash his money for himself. If Peter was so spiritual because supposedly God's revealed things to him that man has not done. Or, or how, come, how come he didn't see Judas being sneaky and call him out before he betrayed Jesus? That's all of a sudden friction in the family, right? 
Listen, I'm being a little facetious here, but this is a legitimate view of what discord in the family looks like. We start side-eyeing people. I don't know about them. We start judging people either on the color of their skin. We start judging people on their gender. We start judging people what our perception of them should be, and that is dangerous, that we have to be careful in this area. Whether you're old or you're young, I have to trust that you're in my family, and I've got to be there for you through the good times and the bad times. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Let me look at these. Anybody, any guys, something to say on here? Lord, help us. The word will cut. Yes, knowledge brings a level of empowerment. No fist flying, just the side eye. Amen, Rachel. But the Holy Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here it is, self-control. There is no law against these things. Here's something that we now, there's a scripture, me and Bishop were talking about this Monday. That there's a scripture that says that the Bible, the Bible talks about the tongue no man can tame, right? And I always thought about that scripture, if no man can tame it, who are we to control this? And them, because I've always looked at this particular passage, if you take it from a literal standpoint, that no, no one can control the tongue. But listen, when we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, then therefore self-control is in us. So when I want to cuss out Chad, self-control says, no, that's not the godly thing to do. When I want to say something out loud, or I want to do something, or I want to act a specific way, self-control says, Nathan, no, 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 no. Think about the, think about the, uh, the repercussions if you do that. Be careful. Be thoughtful. You might hurt more people than you will help somebody. And I really, truly had to repent from last Friday. I didn't say anything negative. I mean, there's people over here that can vouch what I, what I said. I just said, listen, but I got angry. I got upset enough to where I knew it was inside of me. We know when we're bitter towards somebody because it starts burning inside us every time we, we, and the one guy came up to me, Brother Julius, and said, man, I said I'm sorry, and I couldn't, I couldn't let it go at the moment. I said, I get you, man, whatever. I said, but dude, you can't say that. You can't say what you said out loud for everybody to hear. You really made people might think I'm a cheater out here. And he goes, I said, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> he got loud with me. But bitterness sits in so bad with us that we'll, we'll let it there, we'll let it sit and it'll begin to fester inside like a cancer. I hate to use that terminology because my mother is a cancer uh, recoverer uh, from breast cancer. I don't know how many years now. And I hate, hate, I know, and I've lost an aunt to cancer. I've lost family members to cancer. And, but I understand the principle of how a cancer works. When cancer settles, it begins to spread. And to understand that how, how bitterness and how lies operate, they operate like a cancer. Because I can tell Brother Julius or I can tell Brother Clarence lie after lie after lie. End, I'll end up believing the lie. And then I'll forget what the truth even meant. How many of us ever done that? Can you be honest with yourself? I had did that before. I had told a lie so many times over the same story that I forgot that it actually wasn't even true. 
That's the human nature of man. That's human nature. That's the beast or the the nature of the beast, as we would say. So what we have to do is use self-control to overcome these things. And so my point to you guys today is right there, seven things God detests. And how many are we operating in half of them, if not all of them? That's something we have to evaluate ourselves. Look at ourselves. Look in that proverbial mirror and say, God, am I pleasing to you or am I disappointing you? God, am I doing the things that you called me to do or am I doing the things that I want to do because I have my own agenda? I've had people, I've had people say this, Brother Julius, to me. Well, when are, when are you going to start? Your, this is years. 12 years now I've been with Pastor O'Neill. And 12 years ago, month Jessica can, can vouch this as well. Three months into me being at this church, I had a man come up to me, a prophet. And I use that quotation. A prophet came up to me and says, Yea, I say unto thee. Come here, can I pray for you? Yeah, okay. As soon as you start saying King James, yea, thy say unto thee, I'm going to be like, okay, where are we going with this? Hallelujah. And he said, yea, I say unto thee, you've come to Muncie, you've come to destiny for a time that you thought you were, I can remember this word so clear, for a time that you thought you were supposed to be here, but yea, I say, I'm cutting it short. You are only going to be here in the next three to six months. God is planting your own church and you have to obey his voice. I say unto thee in Jesus name. I looked at him and I said, nope, that's not God, man. Looked at Jessica. We both knew this was not God. And we walked back to our seats. Now, I didn't embrace that word. I really just kind of threw it down and said, you, you said what you, you just, that was nonsense. And so, understand, I've had people say, to try to bring division in this church even, say, 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 pastor, you should do this. I had one person say to me, a white male said, I can't believe you are under the leadership of a black man. 2000 and let's just say over 2000. I mean, it was in obviously past 2011. He said, I can't believe you're letting a black man have authority over your ministry as if he's not a human being. And so there's been division to try to bring thoughts into my mind to try to get me to abort on the very vision or the very destiny that God has placed in my life. And many of you are in the same boat in this place. God, the enemy is trying to sneak in to bring division to get you to want to leave even. To get you to want to walk away. To get you to want to stop doing what God has intended for you to do. But I'm here to tell you today, the devil is a liar. That's all he does. The Bible says that he is what? The father of all lies. So if lies are spewing at you, recognize who your adversary is. This is not God speaking to you. This is the enemy trying to bring a wedge. Amen.